Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to another episode of True Crime and Cocktails, Unsolved Mysteries Edition. I am your host, Lauren Ash, and as always, I am joined by my co-hostess with the mostest, the top internet researcher I know, Christy Oxborough. How's it going? It's really good. I mean, I am, <laughs> my, my brain is full mush at this point, but sure. um, I mean, I just want to keep the, I want to make sure my deep dives are top notch. Of course. I've got a brand. I've got to, I've got to represent every time, you know? Of course. And the people love you for it. Uh, if you've never listened to our show before, what are you doing? Uh, if you have, just, you know, zone out for a couple seconds here while I get the rest of the people up to speed. We are going to be talking about episode, an episode of the new Unsolved Mystery series on Netflix. Today's episode is Berkshire's UFO. Okay, we're going to be talking all things UFO. But again, if this is your first time joining us, you should know a few bits pieces of information one you're gonna want to go onto instagram follow at true crime and cocktails because if there are any sort of visuals that christy is going to use during this episode that's where you're gonna be able to find them we've got our own little case files for every episode up there for you to cross-reference um you should also know that it's a little bit dark because it's nighttime and we wear matching shirts because we're (laughs) dorks uh so this is basically like a slumber party and the last thing i need you to know is that we actually have a, a guest on today's episode, a lady that I'm a big fan of, and that is uh, Ms. Kim Crawford. I'll be drinking her Sauvignon Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> she does good work. She does good work. Uh, and Christy, what are you drinking over there? What do you think? A frosty mug of Palm Bay. Nice. I miss Palm Bay. And what I like is that you're really speaking to our Canadian listeners as I speak to our... Uh, American, I guess, slash... Is Kim Crawford Australian? I don't know. You're yes. asking the wrong lady. Excuse me, this was made in New Zealand. Pardonnez-moi. But anyway, so I hope you're ready to deep dive into Berkshire's UFO. I hope you've got your cocktail and your PJs on and you're ready to join us. What we needed to talk about, of course, because when 
we first talked about this episode, obviously the first thing that came to mind for the both of us is my, I would say love, but I think it's more borderline deep obsession with the (laughs) X-Files. Yeah. You literally, I remember it was like, we were first talking about this and you were like, well, I guess you could speak to it, Miss Obsessed with X-Files. Um, And it's fair. That was a fair assessment because that is my favorite show of all time. I've seen it many, many times, all the way through the entire series. And uh, when it was first out, I believe it was season one, my mother, she won a contest to get free tickets to go to an X-Files convention in Toronto, Ontario. Thank you very much. And I think I was maybe like 11 or 12 at the time. And it was so exciting. It was at like this giant kind of like ballroom place. And they had like kind of like supporting actors there. And I got to tell you, Laurel, my mother, uh, Christy's aunt slash, um, you know, mother type. Because <laughs> you do have some similarities, which we, we'll get into in a few minutes. <laughs> we do, which we learned again very recently. Yeah. Uh, she, so we're sitting in this ballroom waiting for this special guest from the X Files to come out. It turns out it's actor Nicholas Lay who played Agent Crycheck on the show. I know this means nothing to you. I'm so sorry. But uh, no, it's fine. But you don't need to know who he is for the rest of this story because Laurel stood to her feet, apropos of nothing, and just started talking to him. This is in a room full of probably 600 people. Just starts talking to him about, like, hey, did you get a haircut? You look great. <laughs> And I was just like, what is she doing? And then, of course, they had to make an announcement like, please don't speak out from the crowd. Uh, We'll get to you if you have a question type thing. Also, I did try to stump the experts, and I didn't. I didn't stump them. My question was, when Mulder was on the stakeout in season one, what beverage did Scully bring him? And the answer is root beer. And they got it. Because it's a trick question. Because he goes, you know, Scully, if there's a nice tea in that bag, it could be love. And she goes, must be fate, Mulder, root beer. He goes, oh, I mean, I watched that scene probably 6,000 times. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was one of the moments of lightness on that show where he was very charming. But anyway, I digress. The whole reason why I bring up that is because that was, oh my gosh, over 20 years ago and uh, less than one year ago. Actually, we're, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary. Yeah. Uh, at the end of 2009, last year, my love of conventions came back when I took myself young Christy and my mother (laughs) to a supernatural convention in Toronto. Now, I know you're saying, oh, general supernatural? No, no, we're talking the CW show. We're talking Jared Padalecki. We're talking Jensen Ackles. We're talking Misha Collins. And um, at the time... I, there was so many things. The first thing is is we, we we went for three days, right? We did the full thing. Yeah. Yeah, like we and showed up the Friday and we we saw through the Sunday, I'm sure. And when we, Oh, yes. And when we got there, I believe there was stuff happening on the Thursday night, but we were like, oh, we don't need to go to the pajami jam party. What we soon learned was that what started is kind of almost a bit Like, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, Supernatural's coming to a close. They're saying this is going to be the last Toronto convention for them. Uh, I was like, you know what? We should go. Let's go. It could be fun. Like, all three of us, we we love the show. Like, why not? And then what ended up happening very quickly is we got obsessed (laughs) with, like, everything. Like, all of a sudden, we became enraged that we missed the Pajama Jammy Jam on Thursday night. (laughs) What were we thinking? Conversation very quickly turned to, well, when we come back next year. (laughs) 
very quickly. But the thing that was also, and this really does play into this podcast, the thing that I didn't realize was that you were going to show up with multiple copies of schedules, highlighted dossiers, folders, multiple colors of highlighter. And you know who else did? My mother. (laughs) And meanwhile, I'm sitting in the two of, between the two of you going like, I, (laughs) I brought a big bag in case we want to bring snacks. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it was an intense experience, right? Oh, well, I mean, I feel like my experience might have been a little different than yours per se. Sure. I I mean, I did have a full mental breakdown. Just a full mental breakdown. I witnessed it. To be fair, yes, big fan of the show. If they're listening, we love you so much. We love you so... The fact that you're ending... I just, I can't even talk about it. I've been a Jensen Ackles fan since, I'm going to say approximately, but that's a lie to make it seem like I'm cool because it <laughs> was 1997. I happened to be home one day from school. Days of Our Lives came on and sure. a young Eric Brady just floated on the screen like an angel. And it was a very fresh-faced uh, Jensen sure. Ackles. And that was my moment of, who is that? And that was my moment. I was smitten. And then years go by, Supernatural's coming on. I see that he's in it. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Eric Brady. I'm in it. Let's do this. Your mother, Hey yeah. Laurel, she also enjoys Jensen Ackles. She does. So you are a Misha Collins fan. Of course. And so when we discussed going to this, my instinct was like, well, we can't show up with two of us liking the same guy, which, what is this, high school? Like, were we going to a dance <laughs> and we couldn't both yeah, like, ask the same guy to dance? Well, but the, I just, I felt rude. Like, I felt like if you're going to go to this, you need to show up and have a fan for everybody. Right. But I would also like to point out, I have loved Jared Padalecki for years. Low level. Of course. Love, like, of course. Gilmore Girls. I even watched that fucking Christmas movie he did the about the cabin. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thomas Kincaid. Or so, uh, there it is. I've, I've liked him. I enjoyed him. I love him as Sam. But it was just always Dean was Dean was my man. And so was John Winchester briefly. But that's... that's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, that's a whole other thing. Um, it sure is. It came to me that if we're going to this, your mother and I would just keep butting heads. And what if we happen to have a photo opportunity... I mean, I had no idea the photo opportunities that there would be. But if we right. happen to have this photo opportunity, who's going to get to sit with, like, who gets to stand right beside Jensen? And your mother and I, both very strong-willed women, she would beat out. You beat me out, obviously, because she's stronger than I am. I think physically and mentally. But, uh, I would have just... Listen, just she did bully collapsed. you into eating a breakfast sandwich that one day, didn't she? Wasn't she like, um, you need the protein? And you were well, like, okay, I guess. It's like, we're adults. She can order what she likes. She asked what I wanted for breakfast. I ordered sure. a simple bagel. She's like, yeah, not even peanut butter? I'm like, I don't need it. She's like, you need the protein. She came back with the peanut butter. And because she brought it, she mommed me and I ate it. Now, I have a question for you, which yeah. is, do you like peanut butter that much? Oh, I do like peanut butter. Okay, but so I just, it was... I just didn't think about it in that moment. It wasn't... I guess well, it just wasn't my thing. Is it a typical thing that you would put on a bagel at home, for example? Yes. 
Okay. So all right. So you know so, what? I mean, what? It's not. It's not the worst. It's not like I was like, oh, I was allergic. I left the room. EpiPen. <laughs> like it was. It wasn't anything of that level. It was just. I just wasn't feeling it in the moment. Sure. And then suddenly I was. <laughs> I guess she knew better. Um, well. She sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, I to your point, yeah, yeah. She's she's got a will to her. Yes. That, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily assume that she would be the person to be like, I have to change my crush to to yeah. you know facilitate Christy. I think that it was very big of you and kind yeah. well, that you recognized her fortitude and strength and uh, <laughs> and sheer will. Yeah. I just wanted it to. I just wanted us all to have a great time. You wanted it to be even. Yeah. That's the story you wanted to and tell. And that's the other thing. I didn't want to show up because this is how sick I am. I didn't want to show up and then have Jared be upset that we're excited about everybody but him. So we would be excited about him anyway. But I'm like, oh, I can't. So then I just, I make the decision on that flight. I was like, I'm about to get on the plane. I'm like, you know what? I think I have to, t- I think I have to switch. I think I have to go into this con full team Sam. I think I just need to get on board. So I spent that flight going through interviews with him and reading like as much as I could about him. And then when I landed in Ontario, because I came from Saskatchewan, for those who don't know, it's from the middle. It's like a four hour flight. By the time we landed, I was in love. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what I like is that you're just a pure natural born researcher. Yeah. Well, yeah, it just it's my go to. And I think it always has been. Where I'm like, yeah. oh, I should be more prepared. And then I just take it to a really insane level. And then... And then, well, long story short, what ends oh, up happening is... So yeah. keep in mind, this is a new like focus for her. And within, I want to say, 36 hours, maybe 48 hours of that flight, I watched you have a full mental, <laughs> physical, emotional breakdown in line to meet Jared Padalecki. Yeah. Like, for example... I mean, I think I've oh, I think I've always loved him deep down. I just didn't yeah. acknowledge it. You just didn't know. I didn't know. And in my defense, his height in person, like you think you look at photos, you look at him on TV and you're like, he's a tall man. You don't know. When you, <laughs> when you see him in person, it's like a skyscraper. Like it takes your breath away. I don't know why a skyscraper doesn't do that. It was just, he was very tall and just, oh God, I can't, I'm reliving it. Well, you, you're yeah. going to have to relive it because, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to need to go to True Crime and Cocktails on Instagram where we're <laughs> going to post the picture of where we met oh, the three God. of them. I was paired with Misha Collins. Christy was paired with J- Jared Panalakby. My mom was with Jensen Ackles. And what's amazing about this photograph, and you're going to enjoy very deeply, is that it's three women having three wildly <laughs> different experiences. My mother is just <laughs> melting into Jensen Ackles. She feels like she's like entitled to it almost that's a look on her face cut to me I don't know what to do with my hands I don't know where my hands are I don't know what they're doing I feel weird I feel awkward I don't want to touch it feels uncomfortable and then cut to Christy in a full embrace with Jared Padalecki literally fully screaming to be in my defense excuse me it's a silent silent screaming I was I was screaming in my heart before I knew that was a thing yeah because I saw him and the air left my lungs of course. You know, but that's the joke. Like, my love of Jensen Ackles goes back multiple decades. And I yeah. met him and I was literally like, hey, man, you're my favorite Eric Brady. And he was like, 
thanks so much. That's so kind. I'm like, love the show. He signs it. And I was like, thank you so much. Walked away. It was like a normal, it was like he was my sure. cashier at Safeway. I was just right. like, here's my card. Thank you. Have a good day. And that was fine. And then I think Misha, I was embarrassing in front of because my brain just didn't function. But Jared, we were in line. And the closer we got, the more the tears came. And I full cried. I couldn't stop myself. And then him and I shared a moment. And I don't care if I'm terrible for bringing that up. I don't care. I'm going to say it. We shared a moment. <laughs> Let's own it. It was yours to have. It's yours to share. Uh, I mean, our hands were together. He put his hand up first. It's not like I was weird about it. And then I was just like a full meltdown for the rest of the day. Because like we kept running into the same women over and over again. And they were just like, is she okay yet? And it was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, and I yeah. think you just hit hit the nail on the head there. Because the other thing I do have to mention is uh, all of the excitement, all of the panels, all of the, you know, meeting the personalities that we know from television. That was all very exciting. But I think one of the things that was the, the best experience about that weekend was, first of all, it's like 99% women in this thing. We all have a shared love, which is supernatural. And there was really such an instant camaraderie with all of the other women there, uh, all the fans. It was just such a like sense of, of belonging. It was so fun. And I just loved, you know, you get your, your convention buddies, people who were sitting in the seats next to you at every panel and stuff like that. Like that was the stuff that I thought was also really fun was just being amongst, you know, for lack of a better term, like-minded people. Do they have those for podcasts? You know what? That's I'm a great just, question. I'm just putting it out there. I don't know. Now I know that they do have something which is, I believe, called CrimeCon. And I'm listening. I look, look, uh, look, dear listeners, we don't know who organizes such <laughs> a thing. But, like... I don't know. It would be really cool if we went to CrimeCon, like, with this show. But I feel like people would have to have asked for it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I don't know that we can, like... We can't ask for it. Can we? Can Look, we? Send us an email. Theories at truecrimeandcocktails.com. <laughs> if you've been to CrimeCon. If you have any leads about oh. how to get into CrimeCon. If you'd like to see us at CrimeCon. Send us an email. Give us any sort of... You know, I mean, Christy will get on it because she's a born researcher. But I'm just saying, if you have any advice, tips, um, you know, just share it with us. Yeah. Because I think it would be really fun. Con. Well, oh, I would That's love to I just do. have a light buzz on in like a, a Marriott ballroom with you. You know, we're chatting with people who listen to the podcast, uh, you know. And then we go up to our hotel room and just order room service and fall asleep in that bed. That that's how. And of course, I'm assuming in matching shirts. There's only one bed. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, oh, we don't need two beds. We're related. Yeah, we're sisters. Come on. Uh, yeah, in matching pajamas. That's that's all I want. Anyway, listen. Uh, the point is, dear listeners, if you'd like to see us at CrimeCon again, just tell us how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're asking for help. Is the point? Yeah, yeah. We're reaching. We want out. an excuse. We'll we're reaching out. And, you know, I know that the, we're not in a position right now that the world is, is open for those kinds of things. But hopefully, you know, in the next year or two, God willing, we'll be able to travel again. And, and uh, yeah, you can be the people when we meet you at Con CrimeCon that are like, 
I'm Maisie Day 26. I was the one that gave you that advice. And I'll be like, I remember you, Maisie Day 26. Gosh, I wonder if Maisie Day 26 <laughs> is listening. I I think we need to tag her when this comes out. Who knows if that's even an account? You know what? We're going to find out. If it's not, uh, we'll make one. Absolutely. Okay, listen. Let's get into it. Berkshire's UFO, episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Now, for those of you who haven't watched, who aren't familiar with the episode, we're just going to give you some brief information. Basically, you know, the, the broad strokes are, you know, this was a very unexplained kind of paranormal situation. It was September 1st, 1969, and there were many residents in Berkshire County, Massachusetts, who claimed to have seen an unidentified flying object, a UFO. Despite being spread across the county, many of the witness stories included similar details. Now, the question is, was it a UFO, or was there something more sinister behind it? Which is a great question. So, there was... A lot of the people that they spoke to in the episode were children at the time, children in in 1969, so obviously they're they're adults now. But but the stories are pretty wild. You know, people seeing lights out of nowhere in the sky, seeing floating objects. One of the guys I remember talked about trying to run, but he was like running in place. It was like his body was being held there by some kind of unseen force. You know, there was uh, there was another, there was people driving, a woman and her mother, right? And they were driving and then they saw this kind of like, weird thing in the sky and they kind of like lost time a little bit but anyway long story short they all of a sudden like kind of like quote wake up and they were switched the mom was in the driver's seat and then all of a sudden she was in the passenger seat so the the belief that a lot of these people and I mean there's more stories again of the different people but the point was is that it was around the same time in this one county in Massachusetts on the same day and so many separate people had these stories and they a lot of them came to the conclusion that they had been abducted by aliens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm already uh, sensing that Christy maybe doesn't buy that that's actually what happened. Okay, look. <laughs> I, I can't I, wait. I understand believers. I get it. Sure, I want to believe. I want to, it's an X-Files thing. I, I know, I know, yeah, it's okay. it's okay. I know it's cool. it is. God, cool. you're adorable. My level of belief in aliens is just really encompasses my love of Tom DeLonge from Blink-182. That's about <laughs> as high as I go. And I couldn't even love aliens enough for him. Not that he wow. gave me a chance. Well, but that's fine. You'd have to. I just want to say right away, I love that you're the Scully to my Mulder. Like, it feels very right with your short red hair well, right now. Uh, that's high praise. I'll take it. Jillian Anderson <laughs> any day. Gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, look, I do I believe that there is life on other planets? Of yeah. course. Okay. Do I believe that we are the only things, like, or we're the most intelligent things in this entire universe? God, I hope not. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, we got a lot of smart people here, but, uh, oof. Yeah. You know. So there's a range. Yeah. yeah. It's on a spectrum. So, I mean, I I went into this hard skeptical. I've got to, I've got to, I've got to do my job. I've got to yeah. look at this from all angles. Sure. And so I've looked at this and I mean, it's, oh God, it's tough. I mean, it's tough to know how where to start. Who knows? I mean, they all saw something. They agree they saw something. They're all like spread out miles, if I may, just briefly with a map. Ah, always time for a map. Uh, which will be on 
Instagram. Yes. At True Crime and Cocktails. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Because you won't get to see it nicely in this video if you're watching the video. So yeah. I don't know if you can even see the whole thing, but the point is, and it's color coded because that's the nut job that I am. We've got mm -hmm. the first set of witnesses way up here. We've got each of their people who have claimed to see something. And it's a 23 mile difference from the top to the bottom. Right. So okay. it's a very large area of everybody that said they saw something. I believe they saw something. Sure. I'm just not really convinced what it is. Now, well, I mean, there was also a girl that claimed that she she levitated in the car. Oh, right? oh, she was full of shit. Let's <laughs> <laughs> now, I think she I think she saw something, but that girl in particular was a full nut job. And mm. the reason I say that at one point she was like, it was her and her sister and their parents and they went for ice cream. She was 12 years old at the time. She made a comment about. The last thing a 12-year-old wants to do is go for ice cream. And I'm like, ah, well, apparently a chubby red-headed 12-year-old is a little different than what you were, lady. <laughs> if at 12, my parents were like, hey, you feeling ice cream? I would have been in the fucking car already. Oh, you know? Absolutely. So, and especially like her reaction of, well, the last thing I wanted to do was go for ice cream. I wanted to go with my friends and share cigarettes. And I was like, okay. Interesting. Bit of a leap. I get of a leap. like 60s, but okay. So it's her family. They get ice cream. They drive out to the lake. They park in the parking lot and they sit to enjoy their ice cream. And that's when they see lights, all of this thing. She claims she was levitated and taken to this ship, all of this. But then she turns around and says, my sister believed me and my boyfriend at the time. They're the only ones who knew about it. But your parents were there. So it's weird. Like she's claiming she was in this car. She was taken aboard. Mm. All of a sudden she's at the lake by herself and she walked home. And she's like, yep, nobody believed me. And I'm like, but your parents were there when it happened. And you supposedly walked home alone. So wouldn't your parents have been like, where have you been? Well, also you know? it's a weird thing to say. Like my sister believed me. Believed you. She was next to you. So either... Yeah. They saw it happen. Like, what is there to believe? That makes no sense. And yeah. look, as I've said already very clearly, I want to believe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they're I making mean, it a little hard here. Yeah. I mean, do I think aliens have potentially visited here? Maybe. I'm not 100% convinced, but I'm going to say maybe. Do I think they've visited here multiple times? No. I think they possibly came here once, looked at what we had to offer, and went, we're good. And then never came back. <laughs> There well, has know, to be so many other places they could visit that don't have the crazy people we do. <laughs> and I'm sure. one of those full crazy people. Look, They could easily meet me and be like, ah, not our type, and leave. Look, so I get and it. And that's their prerogative. We like us. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but look, yeah, no. So look, I got very into X-Files and very th thus far into UFOs when I was, you know, between the ages of like 10 and 20. I was into this a lot. I did a lot of reading. I watched a lot of, you know, TV specials. And the one thing, the one thing that I did like about the X-Files too is though it really was into con government conspiracy. And when I first watched this episode, I thought, I don't know how much I buy that this was all aliens, that all of these people were being abducted by aliens at the same time in the same place. What I would believe more than that is that there was some sort of government experiment of some kind 
that's you know that's where my mind first went and and one of the things that made me think of that was and I'm remembering this now I mentioned before uh there was people out for dinner they were in a car and there was this whole pressure change that kind of thing and the next thing they knew they were a mile away the the driver and the passenger had switched seats and they they had lost time they had lost three hours and this is a really consistent theme in a lot of abduction stories do you like that now I'm putting on my expert hat for a second? I like it. But this idea of lost time is a very specific and and common thread between these stories. But to me, the more logical choice would be, again, some sort of conspiracy, some sort of like experiment or test or something, which I know you could argue that that would be what the aliens were doing. Do I think that that's the easiest explanation? No, I think the easiest explanation is that it's like, yeah, it's like government testing or something. So what all of this is to say, this is long story, long story short, too late. What do you think about that theory that this was not aliens and perhaps it was like some sort of, yeah. What do I think about government testing? Well, we're going to have a little talk about government testing. So, in anticipation of this, yeah, I thought, you know, I always do my best. I know the people are counting on it. I got to do course. my due diligence, make of sure course. I really look at this from top to bottom. And yeah. so, my first thing after I watched the episode, again, I watch it multiple times and take notes. I'm psycho. You're not psycho if you do it to me. If you do it to it just means we're buddies. Um... <laughs> So I, I take my notes and then I'm like, okay, what do I think possibly, what could be any possibility be? One right. of the theories was government testing. So I looked into government testing and I'm going to tell you, <laughs> it's terrifying. And I, don't, <laughs> I don't recommend it. I don't know if I've slept well. And I'm pretty sure I've said that on previous casts that we've done. Uh, honestly, almost everyone. Either if it's not on the podcast, you've said it to me in private, and it's like, I'm not sleeping great. And that, to that, I feel terrible, because no, here I am. No. I'm the Yahoo that just rolls in at the last minute, and it's like, give me what you got. <laughs> Ruining your life? Cool. Very here's, compelling podcast material. Here's the thing. It's usually my inability to sleep is like, that was something horrifying. It was like, the body was so mangled. Oh my God, I can't. Now Now I'm thinking about the body from last week. And that was just what that autopsy report was <laughs> oh, awful. Oh dear. Yeah. Uh, but government testing, this, looking into this has made me feel crazy. Like, so crazy. Like, I started this with like a government testing. Weird. And then I find out like, oh, the government, especially like, I'm sure they do so much of it now. But like back in like the 60s and like Cold War era and shit like that, they were doing so many psychological things. And so I'm reading about these tests and suddenly it's turning into like my brain is like, oh, God, I can't drink that water. I think they put something in our water. Do you think they put something in our water? I think they put something in our water. Oh, my God. Do you feel weird? I feel weird. Do you feel weird? Like, (laughs) I, I just feel like my brain has imploded. And now I'm just that full conspiracy theory nut job where I'm like, did you know in the 60s, the government, like I've got so many things. Like, for example, please, did you know that the army secretly conducted 239 germ warfare tests in open air 
between 1949 and 1969. They now for the they claim that they were just harmless, microscopic little like bugs because they just like sent it out in the world and wanted to see how far the range would go. Right. They started testing. They started making like aerosol versions of LSD. And they wanted to like, their plan was this one particular group, which I will get to because they are the main ones that make me not want to sleep. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They, they planned on kidnapping these people. They sprayed a room, like an apartment with this LSD aerosol. And their plan was put these people in this apartment and just watch what happens. And these people, of course, had no idea. The majority of the tests that I went through and looked at, I didn't actually go through these tests. I realized how that sounded. Uh, The tests that I read about, most of these, the people had no idea that they were being tested. They had no clue about any of this. So like we've got, we've got, uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to name drop just to prove that I did my research. Please. Uh, So we've got like Project Bluebird, they dosed over 7,000 U.S. military personnel with LSD without their knowledge. This is in, like, Maryland in, like, I believe it was the 60s. Uh, We've got Project 112. Uh, It was a biological and chemical weapon experiment uh, conducted by the Department of Defense. It went on for, like, 11 years. Like, it's nonstop. Um, Their primary concern was using aerosols to cause... Uh, controlled temporary incapacitation. Like, it's insane. Jesus. There's just, there's so many, and there's so many that I don't want to think about again. Uh, Subproject 54. It was a Navy top secret uh, program. They used suboral frequency blasts in the hope of erasing people's memories. So and see yep. that's now you're yep. getting somewhere because yep. that's that to me that to me feels more plausible than yeah. an alien abduction that there were yeah and I've never heard about this I've never heard about this specific thing so this was a this was an audio frequency that they would they would use in, one, in, yes. in theory now yes. did they and, and you may not know the answer to this but did they have success with that is that is that something that they that did, worked they have not I did not see if they had success i assume well, that's they chilling. didn't have a lot but i mean that's just because are that's, you that's how i sleep at night <laughs> <laughs> because if i but, if i think that things were not successful then it's like okay that noise i heard down the hall was totally a cat it wasn't somebody breaking into my house and checking for the you know the little camcorder that they camcorder. How old am I? That they, like the <laughs> microphone or something that they've been recording me with because they're recording everything we do. We, they're just always there. Is there something in our water? Like I'm not even. Kidding. It's really coming back to the water this, for you. Uh, just this, get a Brita filter. Yeah, <laughs> well that's the joke. I have one, but who do you think makes them? Oh my no. god! Oh my god! <laughs> You're right. This is a well no, that we don't want to go down. See, it's. Uh, it's problematic, especially when it's when it's what you spend like a large chunk of your day with, because I yeah. mean, research is hours and it's a lot. Uh, the main one that I wanted to focus on because Please. I read a book about it, which oh, is where you it started. Your books. I know uh, it's called MK Ultra. So this started after World War Two. Okay, Nazis go down 
American government goes and gets more than 700 scientists and engineers who worked for the Nazis, bring them on over. And they were in Maryland uh, doing this project. Uh, They used American and Canadian citizens who had no idea what was going on. And their goal was to, quote, crush the human psyche. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Congratulations, sir. You've done it. Even now, 40 years later, 50 years later. Yeah, yeah. Um, They did hundreds of tests. They had 80 different institutions they did these tests at. I'm talking hospitals, prisons, um, universities like Harvard, Cornell, all of these. There were secret tests done at these places. They wanted to manipulate people's mental state and alter brain function. They used various drugs. LSD was a huge one for them. They really got into using it. They used chemicals, uh, hypnosis, electroshock, sensory deprivation, isolation, verbal and sexual abuse, forms of torture. Like they went crazy. And now the book I read specifically was, (laughs) I also really liked the title. I think that's what drew me in. It's called Poisoner in Chief by by, uh, Stephen Kinzer. I believe that's how you say his name. Its main focus was this Jackoff, if I may, he's dead now. I'm allowed to say things. Names, I, I want to say Sidney Gottlieb, I think is how you say sure. it. Sure. Gottlieb? Uh, yeah, know. that could be it. Uh, he is the person who ran this MK Ultra. He got to a point where he was like, you know what? The best thing that I can do for my research is just lace a ton of stuff with LSD and just let, I, I need to see people. I need to see it physically happening and for, before my eyes. So they what? would have like fucking staff Christmas parties and he would lace the food and drinks with LSD and just stand back and watch everybody at the party just like go crazy and like make notes on what was going on. At one point, one of the guys who had taken LSD without knowing Uh, He ended up kind of just like mentally checking out and uh, went out a window of a hotel. Apparently there's some sort of show called Wormwood that focuses on that. Oh, okay. But like his family is like, he didn't do this. Right. But I mean, his death alone is something we could look into. But this project went on till 1973. They tried destroying records. Some of them still exist because thank God for the Freedom of Information Act. <laughs> because <laughs> It's one of the reasons we can do this podcast. hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, then I'm able to uh, look into things. But this particular gentleman, this Sydney, he, despite like he did horrific things to these people, like these people were tortured and a lot of them died. Like they did experiments on prisoners where it's like they opened up their brains, put electrodes in them, then revived them to see like what would happen. And then if it didn't work out, they shot them and just like buried the body somewhere. Like and so this much. Is, this is a fact? This, this is, is crazy. This is legit stuff that went okay. on. This is why okay. I'm terrified of sleeping. Uh, yeah, yeah, now I'm starting yeah. to feel like I need, gotta need the light, leave the lights on tonight. So Watch the water. let me just, let me do. <laughs> Good news, I'm only <laughs> drinking this Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc. Okay, yeah. so yeah. So I understand the prisoners because they 
can or certainly at the time unfortunately i don't think there was a lot of rules protecting them so i i can see right. how they but but these other people involved yeah. were they signing up for some sort of experiment or or how did they how did they find them um well some of them they paid prostitutes to lure men in off the street to this specific oh. apartment where they would then give them a drink that was laced with something usually LSD because I got on a real LSD kick and just just to see how it would play out. And I mean, there were some that were voluntary because uh, there was a study done in at Harvard that was supposedly a very like super brutal psychological experiment. And one of the people who volunteered for that, Ted Kaczynski. You're going to love this. I've been feverishly Googling as you've been talking because I'm like, this happened to Ted Kaczynski. This is like the one thing that I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I took that away from you. No, I'm so glad yeah. that this is part of this because that is a wild story that I never knew yeah. until I watched the like mini series that they did about Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. But re- remind me because it's been been a while. That whole thing was like a psychological test. And they basically yeah. were picking people who they thought were vulnerable, right? Like they, because yeah. they, they had to do, you had to do a bunch of exams you know, they thought that they were doing something. I'm sure they made it seem like it was like tests to see how smart you are or something and like only the smartest. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But what they were actually doing was weeding out people that seemed strong willed and like like mentally sound. Like they were trying to go after the people who were the most vulnerable mentally for whatever right. reason. And he, of course, was not a mentally well man to begin with. He gets pulled into this thing. And then, again, walk me through this a little bit because I remember or the way that the miniseries made it, kind of played it out, was they did these kind of like really terrible mind fucks on everybody. And then they were just like, oh, it's over, bye. And so they were left with like these broken brains and no one to pick up the pieces, essentially. Uh, He, Ted, specifically spent 200 hours doing that study. Woof. I can't even imagine. And I mean, I, he's the famous, like, he's like the most famous person that I could find who had been part of their experiments. They did experiments on children. They did, like, they did horrific things. I can't even really think about it as a mother. Of course. (laughs) You know, I can't really think about it. I did look up, because I was curious, seeing all of this and knowing that they went, like, hardcore with LSD, I was curious, what are the mental effects of LSD? Just curious, because I'm convinced that it's possible they had some sort of aerosol LSD that they like sprayed in the area and these people were all just like very high and losing their in the, minds. The, the, for bringing the it back to the, the episode. Yeah, yeah so that sounds like a... That is plausible. I'm not saying absolutely. I'm just saying it's plausible because mental effects, I mean, anxiety. <laughs> now I'm, oh my God, now I'm going to think that there's LSD somewhere in my head. There it is. Uh, no, it's just an anxiety disorder. It's just in the water. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a disorder I've had my whole life. There you <laughs> go. Yep. Um, a feeling of unreality, electric shocks on the skin, tingling sensations, changing in visual perception, uh, like blurring objects changing color, which is weird to me, flickering shadows, dancing dots of light, spinning circles of color, which is almost word for word what one of the kids said happened right back then he said that there were like these balls of light on either side of the lake that like moved and i was like huh and then i read this about lsd and i was like 
spinning circles of light, huh? I'm just saying, and losing that time, it would uh, it would make sense. But now, I guess this. Okay, look, I, I'm with you. This feels very plausible and like a very simple explanation, especially yeah. considering you have found actual proof about that this was going on anyway. It feels very, very easy, like an easy explanation. But I guess my question is, what were the logistics of this, quote, experiment? Yeah. Was it that they were like, let's take this county, this random county in Massachusetts, let's take a 25 uh, mile sure. radius and spray it with LSD. Then what happened? Did government men kind of like run in to like check in and see what was happening with people? Like the only thing that seems odd to, or, or were they just waiting to see like what would they say the next days? Like would these people go to the police? Like how did they um, collect their data is my question. Interesting. Well, see, I'm convinced if it has something to do with this, I'm convinced the lights that they saw, that they were like, there was this huge thing and it was lights. I'm convinced it was some sort of government aircraft that they used to like freak people out a little bit. And then they would just, you know, I'm sure they had phones tapped for like the radio station and police and all of this just to see how many right. phone calls came in for that kind of thing. Because I don't know. Well, we're going to go, we're going to go to this. Do you know <laughs> how many uh, types of military aircraft there are in the United States? I don't. Well, lucky for you, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know the numbers now, but the numbers now didn't seem as important because we're specifically looking at 1969, right? Right. So they started building aircraft in 1909. So between 1909 and 1969, there were 1,175 types of aircraft. That's like attack planes, blimps, bombers, cargo, drones, stealth, all of that shit. Right. In From 1962 to 1969, they started doing experimental aircraft. They made 24 of them. Now, this is where you're going to want to go to True Crime and Cocktails on uh, Instagram. Instagram. Because... Christy's got a few photos for you uh, okay, to look okay. at. Now, just hear me out. I'm just saying they're different shapes than what you would think of as aircraft. They're not exactly like maybe spaceman aircraft, but I mean, just give it a chance. <laughs> sure. So we've got the A-12 Avenger 2. I learned about planes this week. So wow. Gosh, you're ever learning. That was something. Always learning, never stops. So that's the A-12 Avenger 2. Okay, so it's a very triangular. Yes, yes. Yeah. All right. We're just going to go through these quickly because the poor people who aren't seeing this are probably going to get really But that dark. doesn't look, it Again, literally looks like a triangle. Like it doesn't look like a plane at all. Another similar shape, a Northrop YB-49 or something ridiculous. It kind of like looks that. like a boomerang, that yeah. one. Then we've got the SR-71 Blackbird. SR-71 being, I believe- Why? Why do you um, always keep me when I'm... I don't isn't think that we them? can afford that, but yes. <laughs> um, actually, wait. No. Fuck. Who is that? Um, I think that's SR-71. It's gotta be. I had the album. I did love them. Look, the, I saw them open up for Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh, that's... I'm jealous of that show. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. I Well, I was thinking, I, I've wrecked the reference because in my mind, who's that rich a-hole that's a dumb dad? Just a dumbass. Uh, Elon Musk. Oh, uh, <laughs> I was going to say Kid Rock. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I mean, again, we're we're going to get a lot of complaints that I've just said that about Elon Musk. So many but, letters. But for the record, look him up. He's, yeah. he's, he's not the best. He's, he's problematic. I believe he named his child something to do with SR-71. I think because oh. they said it was their favorite spacecraft, which I've been researching planes for like a week and I don't even have a favorite spacecraft. <laughs> whatever, whatever, Matt Jobs. Uh, if you want to have a favorite spacecraft, have a favorite That's spacecraft. up to you. Like what you like. Don't be embarrassed about it. So, I mean, look at this bullshit. Like that's like oh, very wow. that's rounded, the very like looks like, if I may, similar like something you'd see on Star Trek, like a Klingon warship or something. I don't. It does okay. look like that. I don't know why I went Klingon warship, but uh, people are going to eat what? me a lot for, the, for not getting it right. <laughs> Listen, no, the the Klingon enthusiasts, I think, yeah. will will see what you were saying there because yeah. I would have gone the same thing. I have a place in my heart for Star Trek Next Generation because oh. William Riker. She loves him, you guys. She loves him. And now that I think about it, I've loved him since the 90s when I was a very impressionable child. And um, he's about the height of Jared Padalecki. So maybe my thing is the (laughs) maybe the height Mm -hmm. has played Mm -hmm. a, you know. And what's amazing is often height doesn't really translate on screen. But you saw through that and you thought you saw that's a mountain of a man. The joke is um, for for the next gen fans. Uh, and my husband, who is a Next Gen fan, uh, who, who may happen to listen to this, he might like this. The little, uh, he knows about this because I mention it and ruin it every time he watches the show. Of course. There's a thing that Riker does. He he just, he's so tall and his legs are so long. When he goes to sit in a chair, he literally just throws his leg over the whole chair to sit down. He just like full straddles it. It's a moment for me. Um well, now I'm hoping my husband isn't listening, but <laughs> but I'm just saying, like in the yeah, I mean, I realize height doesn't really translate well, but it just everybody else just goes to sit on a chair and they sit sure. on a chair. He just like the leg goes over it, and you're just your stomach drops, or maybe just mine, probably just mine. Look, Jonathan Frakes, if you're listening, <laughs> we don't know if this was a necessitated leg move or if this was a character choice, but either way, it people was. notice and they like it. Well, oh, you've looked it, it up. I have. <laughs> of course you have. What am I, who am I talking to? According to my research, <laughs> he had back problems. Oh. And so it was easier and more comfortable for him to do that. I don't know if that's huh. accurate. Um, if it is or not. I mean, if you are listening, Mr. Frakes, <laughs> I am, <laughs> I am a big fan and I'm very flustered and I don't, I, it's like, I'm, I'm not. Speaking with him right now. (laughs) She's turning so red. So red. I love that I just mentioned that there was a possibility in the grand scheme of the world that Jonathan Frakes may listen to True Crime and Cocktails. And listen, I'm not saying it's not possible. Look, guys, if if you follow Jonathan Frakes, does Jonathan Frakes have Instagram? I don't know. Tag him. He must. I've been too embarrassed to look. I I, I, I follow him on Twitter. Well, listen, then he's got some level of social media. So let's I'm... reach out to Jonathan Frakes and turn him on to the show. I can't. Oh, wow. What this... I love about this episode yeah. is that yeah. it seemed like it was going to be me who was the one who was, like, coming off as a fangirl because of my <laughs> X-Files love. And so far... That's we... the only normal part about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I my mean, God. I love it. I mean... Anyway, I... back to the mind control and the weird planes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, enough okay. thinking about six foot 
five guys who play the trombone. Did you know he plays the trombone? It's fine. <laughs> I love that you know that. Shit. I love that you know that. Shit. Okay, uh, okay. this is my last vehicle reveal. It's, okay, called an, great. it's called an Avro car. It was made in Canada, but oh. I mean, look at this. Oh, that looks like a flying saucer. Right. I mean, I see what you're saying. So you think that there's a combination here that was happening. You think these people yeah. were doused, sprayed, mm-hmm. aerosol, canned, whatever. Maybe in the water. Uh, LSD. <laughs> Never trust the water, but drink enough water. Drink it. Stay hydrated, people. Yeah. Make sure that your pee's not too orange. orange? Clear pee, clear God, hearts. I'm worried about you. Can't lose. <laughs> I'm, I'm deep into this Sauvignon Blanc, forgive me. But anyway, so you're saying you think this yeah. was kind of like a one-two punch, that it was a combination of these people being un- unknowingly exposed to a hallucinogenic, and then they saw these aircrafts that were also, you know, experimental government things at the time. Yeah. What is the connection between the two? Do you think, I'm going to put my conspiracy cap on please do do you think it's possible that this was a time you know where maybe they were wanting to create this diversion maybe they wanted people to start to believe in aliens because maybe that would take i'm i don't know what was going on truthfully uh, historically at that time other than of course this was the the vietnam war and all those things that were happening is it possible that they were implanting these thoughts in people's minds to kind of take away the focus perhaps, on what was really going on in the country and the world at that time. Is it possible that they were trying this specifically to make people believe in aliens, is my question. I could see it. I mean, adding to that, could it possibly be that freaking people out, make people think there are aliens, they're going to come here, make people get all patriotic and like, oh my God, I need to go serve my country and protect us. You know, what about that level? Oh, wow. Maybe aliens was never even a part of it. Maybe it was like, we'll show them these aircrafts they've never seen before. They'll assume that it's from another country. For example, again, Vietnam, all of that panic going on at that time. And then then for whatever reason, people took it a step further and were like, no, no, this is little green men who take me up into their ship and perhaps anally probe me, which of course is, as you know, a very common theme with alien abduction stories 100% I mean nobody say like if there are aliens they must be so pissed that they're like you know you know the problem with earth all those people think we're pervs probing butts we've never probed butts okay you know I'm convinced that they've seen like they've they've come close enough that they get like they can see our tv shows or like they can get signals or something and they've seen what we think of them and they're just hurt and they're just like, oh, yeah. oh well, yeah. well, fuck you. And they've just gone <laughs> off. And they're like, oh, you know well, we'll see Venus. This is, really, this is really interesting because I, I'm like, oh, gosh, like this is like bringing back so much of this stuff for me from my, my younger years. But my question is, and, and you probably don't know the answer to this, and I'm going to have to look into it. But when did the idea of flying saucers start? Did it start and then this happened after that? Because maybe this whole flying saucer thing Maybe this is the origin of that. Is these weird experimental aircrafts that were being made by the government at that time. And maybe the whole story that people came up with through, maybe they were, they did experience something. Maybe they were drugged. Maybe they they did have all of these things happen. uh, But it wasn't, you know, again, extraterrestrial. Maybe this is all a response 
to what the government was doing at that time, again, with the drugs and the planes. It could have been. I I don't have an exact date or time frame, but I I think we're looking at like 50s, early 50s for when like flying saucers and right. green men and all that kind of stuff kind of showed up. I'm also basing a lot of this on uh, Back to the Future. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. You know, Marty Marty goes back and then uh he has to trick his father. I mean, God, I hope people have seen it and this isn't a spoiler. I, and I if think it you're is safe. I, it's it's an old enough <laughs> film. I think you're okay. Uh his, he, he has to trick his father into uh going out with his mother, which is a weird thing to say out loud. Yeah. But he shows up, he puts on this like full hazmat suit and like scares him in the middle of the night and oh, George right. is like, Oh my God, aliens. And, uh, that was cause he went back like to like specifically like 30 years, 20. Cause it well, was, and it listen, was in the 1985 and he went back to 1955, I think. Is that and right? I am sure that back to the future yeah. was historically accurate. <laughs> <laughs> what with their hoverboards and <laughs> Well, look, I'm that's kidding. where that's where I I'm get kidding. my history. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen. Okay, all yeah. right. So I I love all of this. I think that you're yeah. really onto something here. I think that this is the easiest yeah. explanation, and sometimes the easiest explanation is the truthful one. Are yeah. there other theories you've explored that you wanted to mention? Oh, oh, I again, I try to look all over the place. Of course, the river that bo- that uh, the one family was crossing the covered bridge. Yeah. That there's a river around there called the Housatonic River. Okay. Apparently, it <laughs> they used to mine magnesium there for the atom bomb during World War II. Okay. And this is about three miles from where the restaurant was that this family owned in town. Uh, so that place is like heavily contaminated and super, super toxic. And um, apparently it can cause like neurological effects like short-term memory and learning deficits and all of these kinds of things. It also causes like cancer. Um, so what, there's a water source in and around the, the water. This is where it came from. <laughs> you found the origins of your water fear. I, I found the origins of my very new water fear. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that happened very quickly. Yes. So this river is Highly polluted, very toxic. Who knows? Sure. If that's given off something. Another option, which I feel I have to say because I'm sure people are screaming at me and I don't want to get the <laughs> I don't want to get the negative letters because I'm sure. already just so anxious about everything. Yeah. I, I don't need the negativity. I I looked into aliens. I felt like great. Aliens a possibility, right? Sure, absolutely. So, in 1947, the government started a thing called Project Blue Book. It, its whole purpose was to investigate UFOs. Interesting. So my point is, the government has been taking this seriously for decades, <laughs> but they won't admit to it. So this ran from 47 to 69. In that time frame. They counted 12,618 different sightings. And of those, they felt only 701 
were unexplained. Interesting. So, I mean, they said stuff was like, they they were like, oh, it was just a balloon or an aircraft or some sort of weather or, quote, heavenly bodies, which I, for some reason, found really funny, but I haven't been <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> and plus, who knows what's in my water? So. <laughs> Listen, it's, there's no way to know. Right? They ended up shutting it down in 69, and they claimed that uh, there was never a security threat. They never found one. They never thought that there was anything that could have been aliens. But then I feel like I have to bring this up because it was some. It was brought up again recently in this 2020 hellhole we live in. Back in 2004, there was a routine training exercise going on. There was a ship, the USS Princeton, if you're interested. Thank you very much. Uh, I looked through a lot of ships too. I looked sure through. Sure, you did. It's it's my life is weird. This ship was communicating with some fighter jets. They were trying to test some new equipment before they deployed. They're checking this, and suddenly they heard a lot of clutter or what they call ghost tracks on the radio. Now, for those who don't know what ghost tracks are, I did look into them. Uh, okay. Apparently, it just means that there's no no data is coming up to tell you who the person where you're receiving this this sound from. You're oh, getting a sound, but you don't know where it's coming from kind of a thing. Got it. So they're getting a lot of these. And then these pilots see what they describe as an elongated egg or tic-tac shape, about 46 feet long, solid white, smooth, no edges. It descends very rapidly from like 60,000 feet, just drops down to like 50 feet in a matter of seconds. It hovers there. And then it just departs really quickly. No sound coming or going kind of thing. So these videos happened in 2004. And the government was just like, we're going to shut this shit down. We're not going to let anybody know about this. So they hit it. And then in 2017 and 2018, um, they came out because the New York Times, and I'm very proud to <laughs> mention him again, the uh, the group founded by Tom DeLonge from Blink-182, <laughs> ah! uh, they're called To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences. Yes. They found these clips from, this, from these fighter jets of these planes or these objects. We don't know what they are. And they released it and talked about it. And the government was like, no, 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 that's nothing. And then recently, I think it even came out earlier this year, the government was like, finally, the Navy was like, yeah, yeah, they saw something fucking weird. We don't know what it is. Oh, so, wow. So they have admitted that it's something, they don't know what it is. Some guy who worked for the Pentagon at one point, um, he said, he gave a briefing, it was classified, so I do not have access to those briefings. But he did say um, that officials retrieved, quote, off-world vehicles not made of this earth. So world. What a, yeah. I never even heard that expression. Right. Well, I think for him, it was just like the, he said the material is something like they'd never come across before. He said it could exist somewhere. He's just looked for a decade and can't find it. Ah. So, I mean, <laughs> I did look into aliens. So sure. is it possible that there were aliens? Sure. But the people, well, I mean, I feel different ways about 
everybody's story. Like we have a story where there's a very sweet older woman who uh, was like, she saw this and whatever. And you know what? I'm going to say it. I believe she saw something because she feels real to me. We've got that family in the car where the mom and the grandma switch places and the kid, one of the kids who was in the car, this uh, Tom Reed, he has been so adamant about aliens for so many decades. He claims that there were like this, that the occurrence in 1969 was the third time he'd been visited in like three years. The first two times it was like a tortoise shell shape of a ship. Whereas in 1969, he's like, oh, the ship looked like an upside down Hershey, Hershey kiss. And I'm like, okay. But his mom, who was in the same vehicle as him, claims the, sh- the ship in 1969 looked like a tortoise shell, just like he described it from before. So I just can't help but feel like somebody's making something up there. Right. Like it's just, those are two very different shapes to me. So it's weird that yeah. they would both see them. But again, if they are fucking looped on LSD and light is stretching in different ways, who knows what they're seeing. Yeah, totally. But then we've got the girl who claims like, oh, only my sister believed me. And it's like, your sister was there. She supposedly saw it too. Well, and the boyfriend, right? Yeah, right. Well, she shifts her eyes when she says the word levitating, which is a very big indicator that somebody is lying. Right. Um, she also is constantly fidgeting with her hands, which is another like, oh, it's probably lying. Right. Um, but I have to mention the artist. Now, <laughs> he, I mean, and I'm, I will call him an artist. Is he good? No. I'm so sorry, Mr. <laughs> Warner, but you're, but you're not. Um, but people seem to think he is because he is selling that art. For, sure. for a lot of money. So I, right. I would like people to know he does actually make a living off that. But um, do I believe him? No. Um, he, his interview, his whole thing, like he's very fidgety the whole time. Yeah. And there's like, he is constantly touching his face and touching your face apparently or covering your mouth is a big indicator of lying. Right. There's one point where he said like it was therapy doing that painting and how he also made the bullshit claim of, uh, I didn't think I'd show this to anyone. Well, I went on his Facebook page. (laughs) Facebook is public to everybody. Thank you very much. God, they're probably recording everything I do. See? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) This, this is somehow making me even more neurotic than I already am. I get it. I get it. Um, so I go on his page and he'd been teasing this painting he made like, a year or two ago and was like, can't wait to show you guys the new painting I'm working on. So it's like, dude, you claimed you weren't going to show anybody, but good thing uh, he told us about it because now it's the cover of his book that he's just bringing out now to tell about this experience. Okay. He's also the guy that on the show claims uh, he was on the ship at one point and he saw the girl who was at the lake with her family Right, Um, the levitator. Yeah, he claims he saw her on the ship. And she was like, I didn't see him, but he says he saw me. But the way he says he saw her, and you can look, and I was psycho enough, I went back. You want to go to minute 1252 of the episode. (laughs) And he talks about her, and he closes his eyes for multiple seconds in a blink. Like, holding a blink that long 
is yeah. a huge indicator that you're lying. And so I, I truly believe maybe he saw something and just like is, I'm going to say it was so much bigger and get so much more attention. And then he hears this girl being like, oh, I saw it too. And he's like, oh yeah, I totally saw you there. You know, like it's, yeah. it just feels like he's lying because he's currently trying to like make a living off of this. Right. And, and this kind of attention. And I mean, there is the guy, uh, Tom Reed, who was in the car. He was like 10, nine or 10 at the time. He got, he got a letter from like the great, Barrington Historical Society that claims I have the letter here somewhere in all of my papers, but um, that claimed that this UFO thing happened and was real. Like they're like, oh. yep, it happened. We're gonna say it did. We're gonna we're gonna admit it's the very first one to ever happen in history. And what is the USO. Barrington? Where is it from? The uh, Barrington, great, great Barrington, which is in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Fuck. <laughs> that name is not easy. Massachusetts. Hey. Massachusetts. I said two shits. I didn't mean to. We don't mean this. We we're, we're into the wine. Um. <laughs> so wait a minute. So this is from the city. Who is uh, this? this? Who wrote this letter? The director of the historical society and museum for the city he lives in in the county, which is Berkshire. And so, because the guy who runs the museum says this was real, we're to believe it was real. Well, here's the thing. So they they said that they gave him a polygraph test, which he passed. And they're like, so that proves. And I'm like, that just proves he thinks he's telling the truth. Right. If you're nine years old and you yeah. have something really fucked up happen and your brain can't quite process it, you're going to make it into something else. And yeah. whatever it is, as an adult, you're like, oh, that totally is what happened. Like that's, you're going to believe it. So you're going to pass a polygraph. The thing that I noticed is that the uh, justice of the peace who notarized this letter, yeah. his name is Kevin Titus. Now, okay. who's Kevin Titus, you might ask? Well, I'm glad you did because I've looked him up. Here's the thing. I, I feel awful. I have not mentioned this before for all of the fellow sleuthers out there who like to deep dive. On Reddit, if you go on to the Unsolved Mysteries subreddit, there, like somewhere, I believe, pinned to the top is a a post from Unsolved Mysteries and Netflix. And they posted like a Google Drive that's full of pits, bits and pieces from the episodes that they didn't show on the air. They claim that there's way more than there is. A lot of it is stuff that was on the show, but there are like little clip interviews that they didn't make to the show. Right. One of the interviews is this Kevin Titus who was a child at the time that this happened, but he claimed he was at a friend's house and they saw this turtle shell shaped vehicle come down from the sky, bright lights, no noise. And then they saw a dead cow that had been ripped apart, but there was no blood of any kind. I just find it very interesting that one of the people who also claims to have seen this is the person who notarized this letter of authenticity for this event. Because it's yeah. the, the one and only time in U.S. history. Like that's, they're literally saying that this society has formally and officially inducted this, the first off-world slash UFO case in U.S. history. Okay. Like, I mean, that doesn't mean anything. It, These people can seems, say that they believe it's real, but yeah, they have no credibility. Yeah, Based on what? 
it's it's a lot. Like, I mean, well, they claim that they went off of what this family said. They went off of the broadcast that the radio station did that day, the day after or whatever it was. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's good for him. He, he also, <laughs> I, I do want to point out this Tom Reed dude, he isn't like, it was an alien for sure. He is open to possibilities. He's like, right. it could be the toxic river. It could be who knows what. Like, he's willing. He's open. He just it says, I experienced something. We were surrounded. It was an, something I've never seen. Like, it was just this intense moment. And so I appreciate that he's willing to, you know, see multiple sides. Because sure, who knows what it could be. I mean, in the end, I feel like of the main groups... I feel most of them are telling the truth. That artist, again, I mean, he also claimed in the episode to have, like, mental telepathy. Like, he was at a neighbor's house, Mm -hmm. and suddenly he heard a voice tell him to go home. So that's when he took off. That I find, well, in the nicest way. I just think that part is bullshit. He's the youngest of seven kids. So I just feel like, well, yeah, if I... (laughs) If if I had six siblings that I was competing for their attention for like parents' attention, I might suddenly see a UFO too. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, listen, I think that the bottom line here is something obviously happened on that night. There were so many people that saw, yes. experienced, felt something. I think that it's it's not possible that they're all lying. To what degree their memories or experiences are 100% accurate. I think that's probably up for debate. But what do you think? I mean, overall, it sounds to me like if I had to choose my theory, it sounds to me like I really think that you're onto something with the the governmental testing, the the, the LSD mm-hmm. tests that were happening at that time, and the mm-hmm. experimental aircraft. I would put my money on that that was actually what this was all about. What do you think? What At the end of the day, what's your like gut theory about what the explanation is for Berkshire's UFO. I'm terrified to say the two words, but because uh, I'm terrified of it being out there, but the government. <laughs> <laughs> I've turned, I've turned this, I've turned into this person now. Um, I was, I wasn't fully with it before. But now I'm just like, oh, God, they're everywhere. Like, they hear everything we do. Again, we like your work. Listen. If you could you get know, us to CrimeCon, that'd be great. If you have a lead, if the government <laughs> is listening and you have a lead, just let us know. Look, I yeah. think we should also make it clear in case the government is listening. Like, yeah. we're not trying to, you know, we're not raising flags. You don't need to investigate us. <laughs> oh, God, that's what, that's what someone guilty would say. But legitimately. Well, that I, is a key word they're probably listening for. Yeah, damn it. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I kid. But I think yeah. the bottom line is, is that certainly, and we're not suggesting that this stuff is still happening, but certainly at that time, oh, there's documented know. proof that that stuff was going on. It feels like that's probably the easiest explanation. Yeah. And I mean, some of the aircraft, I will say, some of the ones that I mentioned, um, they cl- they claim they only made a prototype. And then we're like, oh, it didn't work out. And it's like, but all of my notes, <laughs> it's like my weird hands, like just scribbled where I'm just like, oh, it's just a prototype. They canceled that project. And then I wrote over it with Sharpie. Or did they? <laughs> 
my brain is just on fire. Yeah, I mean, look, if they're yeah. secretly spraying people with, you know, hallucinogenic oh, drugs, God. I don't know that we can trust that all that they're only ever telling the truth. Um, I can't whether I we can't like it or not. Imagine like just going to a work function. Like, hey, you want to come with me to the office party? Let's go have a good time. Why isn't that guy going near the food? That's weird. I'm having a great time. Like, <laughs> it's just so crazy. And then to find out afterwards that they drugged you so that they could just watch it happen in real time. And then you go back to work. Like, I just don't understand why yeah. people would want to continue working there. I'm sure the government pays very well. And maybe they were just scared to, you know, like me, terrified of the government. <laughs> Well, listen, you know, I think if if, if, there, if there's anything I've experienced over the course of recording this podcast, it's that uh, I've forgotten how much watching the X-Files makes you fear your government. And you have yeah. just ignited that for me with a giant flame. And I appreciate you for that, obviously. And I reminded you of Jonathan Frakes and his incredible height. I can't. Very, very tall. Jonathan, if you're, Mr. Frakes, if you're listening, she's I turning can't. very red again. Oh, my Big God. Fan. I'd love an autograph. <laughs> Listen, on that note, Christy Oxborough, your research is just, it never ceases to amaze me. I truly appreciate all that you do. Thank you for coming up with so many different pieces of information about this case. I'm learning that I like to learn. <laughs> and, and you I, know what? And I think part of it, honestly, deep down, I think I want to impress you. Oh, <laughs> uh, listen, you, know, you already have. You uh, already have. You don't have to do a dang thing. That's the truth. Oh, this is, I just, I want this to happen at that Marriott hotel room after we yes. have a really great crime con panel. Exactly. Again, people yeah. send us your emails, theories at truecrimecocktails.com. Let us know. Let us know if you know anything about the vetting process. What Do we submit? <laughs> Who knows? Has anyone gone on one of those crime con, con cruises? I've heard that there's like cruises devoted to this. Look, oh. nobody's getting on a cruise ship anytime soon. But I'm just saying, like, tell me your stories. Tell us your stories about like if you had a good experience doing that. Oh, would you want to drink with us at crime? I con? think the I think if they if they've made it to episode five of this show, <laughs> I'm 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 willing to bet that they'd oh. like to pour one out with us. That's for sure. Well, if I haven't scared them off with my. Tall brunette men. Oh, this is getting terrifying. Look, if I, I, it doesn't take a researcher to know you got a type, okay? <laughs> I just want to say I, I love my husband more than anything. Of course, you know, of, of course, course you do. Uh, well, listen, thank you so much once again. This is always a joy. I'm so happy to have a weekly slumber party with you. Matching clothes, uh, lots of cocktails. I'm so knee deep in the Sauvignon Blanc. It's a, it's a lovely, warm feeling. <laughs> Uh, thank you all for listening. We're so excited that you've come with us on this true crime journey. As we've mentioned multiple times, if you have a theory about this one, Berkshire's UFO or any of the other Unsolved Mysteries email uh, episodes, sorry, got ahead of myself, <laughs> the booze, uh, email us, theories at truecrimeandcocktails.com. We're going to do an upcoming episode where we only discuss fan theories, your theories. So if you want a chance to get your ideas heard, you got to send them to us because we'd love to hear them. Like I said... Instagram at True Crime and Cocktails. We're going to put up all the information you need, any visuals you need to see. They're all going to be there. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Not Detectives. Christy, you're also on Twitter and Instagram at Unsolved Christy. Isn't that right? 
I am. I do believe so. I mean, the last time you and I talked about this, I did not know <laughs> my, my, my handles. But And now you do, which is great. Now I do. Yeah. I also just want to mention that if you want to watch the unedited Zoom footage, again, we shoot these at night. We, we're in our pajamas. <laughs> You're welcome to do so. You can find those on our website, truecrimecocktails.com. Christy, it's always such a joy. And uh, I'm so excited for next week. We don't know what that episode's going to be yet because the new episodes of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix are coming out. So when you're listening to this, we're going to be watching those for the first time. Very exciting. So I'd love to tease what episode we're going to talk about next week, but the exciting thing is that we don't know. So make sure you watch. Those new episodes are coming again on October 19th. And uh, I'm not sure, again, now now I've got me into a date timeline. I don't know what date this is at. I don't know where I am. I don't know what time zone I'm in. The point is... Watch the new episodes, get excited because we're going to dive into all of those week by week. And we're so excited that you're going to do it with us. Christy, do you want to say goodbye to the people? Bye, everybody. By the way, I just want to say we really love you guys. We appreciate the support. We really love it. You guys have been so lovely. So thank you so much for coming. And we love you. Love you tons. That got got hard hard fast. (laughs) You're you're deep into the palm base. (laughs) (laughs) I was still thinking about freaks. Listen, you will as you sleep tonight. Oh, Uh, God. Well, unless I drink the water. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Hope you can sleep tonight. We're not going to. (laughs) Bye. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. As an Audible member, you'll be able to keep your heart rate up month after month because you can choose one title a month to keep from the entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. If you're in the mood for a shocking psychological thriller, check out None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. Embrace brand new exclusive thrillers from bestselling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500. That's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500-500.